Hey, hey. Oh, my darling. Oh, my darling. Oh, my darling. Podcast time. That's what it is. It's time for the podcast. Hello, this is Alexander, the podcast, episode eight. Two months into this science experiment. And um, I have hemorrhoids. Just kidding. I don't. I'm fine. But you know what? If I did, it would probably be because of this podcast. It's everybody's fault. But my own, including the podcasts. Of course, that's how projection works. This is how we live our lives. All right, so there's lots of new music that came out. I'm going to focus on what's important. You know, you almost forgot what's important, dude. The music. The music. Yeah, so anyway, uh, first release that came out, Gemini Syndrome. Put out a song called I Don't Know. I have I haven't heard of this band before, so that's how I feel. I said I don't know, but I listened and it was grand. And now I like this band and I'm gonna have to look further into them. So Gemini Syndrome, I don't know. Yeah, I love that song. That's just awesome. That hook, unbelievable. Um, very, you know, present day aware context content. Uh, you know, just what a what a what a great chorus for the time. <laughs> All I know is I don't know anything. <laughs> that just describes everybody right now. You know, We're gonna get through it though. And you know, music, good music helps. This this is a great song. I'm very pumped. Gemini Syndrome. I don't know. Make sure you go check those guys out. Show them some support. Uh, next up, we got Peach, a new song by Chevelle. I love Chevelle. So, I mean, whenever they put out a new song, probably going to like it. So, probably going to share it. So, if you don't like Chevelle, run, run, or just skip ahead in a, a minute or so and you'll be fine. So, yeah, next up, Chevelle, Peach, the song rips.
feel like they're just really perfecting their sound. Um, they're really just using a lot of elements from their older stuff, but in different ways. It's more interesting the uh, the way that they progress the songs. It's less of the radio formula and more of like a progressive kind of tool structure going on, but in their Chevelle unique style. And I'm just super stoked on what they're doing. And uh, I'm assuming an album's coming soon. If it hasn't already and I just missed it, I don't know. Got to check that out. But uh, Chevelle, Peach, new song, so awesome, along with their other song that I shared, I think, on uh, last week's episode, Self-Destructor. Very good song as well. So make sure you check those guys out. Chevelle, they've been around forever. Next up, we got Buried Alive. This guy's awesome. He's, um, I don't know if you've seen Steve, God, I think it's Steve Canterbury. What's his name? What is this man's name again? Steve Terraberry. Yeah, he's really cool, and he shreds. He just absolutely shreds. Um, he's been in some cool bands as well. Make sure you check out Buried Alive, B-E-R-R-I-E-D-A-L-I-V-E. He's got a lot of fruity, like literally fruits, <laughs> like visuals and stuff. It's, it's really great, uh, really colorful, and uh, this dude's super creative, and he's hilarious. He's just one of the funniest guys on the internet right now. Um, so yeah, Buried Alive, Blood Orange, new song. It's weird. Buck, buckle up. Because I'm stacking them bucks. I showed all the zeros, my zeros, they left in a hearse. One of my heroes buried alive merch. Haters all clean, my shit was fed up. They be blaming me like it's my f***, they suck. But it's not. Haters just crying because I'm stacking them bucks. Please do a proper bit that I'm always like God. I like a banana, get treated like yeah, if you get to know this guy's content and stuff, he's just very tongue-in-cheek and uh, hilarious, like, in a new way. Not like, you know, hair metal, tongue-in-cheek. <laughs> you know, he's got the he's got a whole new thing going on. It's really cool and uh, super interesting. So Buried Alive, make sure you check that out. Blood Orange. Um, yeah, super smart dude. I think he produces all his own stuff. And uh, absolutely shreds. Or no, that said, that was produced by... Um, I just X'd out of the link. I think it was Glenn Christie or something like that. It was somebody, somebody special. But yeah, that... Uh, that song's really cool. He does a lot of cool stuff. He's got some crazy guitar tones. And uh, just the way that he plays is next level. Next up, Stick to Your Guns put out an acoustic version of Amber, a song they put out a while, a long time ago, uh, maybe like, you know, 15, 10, 15 years ago, about um, these singers, I believe, daughter's best friend, um committed suicide at 14 years old very very sad and uh, they wrote this song about it dedicated to the girl uh, named after her uh, Amber and they put out an acoustic version of it today um, and it's just really great it's unbelievable so go and check out Amber Acoustic Stick to Your Guns just absolutely amazing I love this band so much to the moon and back so make sure you go and support and listen to these guys crashing down on me as of late, the sun don't shine so bright And my heart has lost its fight She's on her own 
braves her storm all alone. She screams, Oh, I've had enough, please make this go. The sea is rough and I'm drowning slow. Am I numbing pain as we're lost in the undertow? I just wish she knew she didn't have to be alone. my heart and uh this is really beautiful and amazing uh just to hear it done this way of course the old version is a heavier hardcore song it's also still beautiful but i mean this is just so um deep and heartfelt and the way they they kind of rearrange the lyrics just a little bit and the the chord progression is different and it's just perfect i absolutely love it their stick to your guns is just amazing they're one of my favorite bands ever so make sure you go check that band out Right now, go check them out. Do it. I dare you. Next up, Papa Roach. They're doing stuff. They're doing lots of stuff. It's really cool to see another band that's just, you know, been around forever and keeping rock and roll alive, doing their thing, and uh, still putting out quality material. So, Last Resort, Reloaded. This is really cool. It's a new take on the old song uh, with a new guy, new artist, Jarris Johnson, who crushes it, so... Make sure you go and check out Last Resort Reloaded. Papa Roach, go check it out right now. Cut my life into pieces. This is my last resort. Suffocation, no breathing. Don't give a fuck if I cut my arm bleeding. Don't give a fuck when I throw my ass. All these years wishing I was dead. Took a walk outside, made a million stand. Gotta see this too, cause I can't say goodbye. I'm living on the edge, no sick just so sick uh i love it i love the way they did that um jacoby the singer of papa roach is just sounding better than ever 
like his pronunciation and the just the production on his voice is oh it sounds so good like it just sounds amazing and this dude Jarris Johnson has just got he's got flow for days um, for sure and it's just very uh, awesome I just I love this take on the song it's so different it's not what I expected to see when I went in. I was kind of more expecting like the same song with different lyrics. I wasn't expecting like a restructuring and like revamping of the vibe entirely. So that was, uh, I was pleasantly surprised going into this. Um, at first it kind of hit my ears and I was like, uh, and then like I, I listened to it a few times. And I'm like, okay, this is great. So yeah. Um, Papa Roach, Jarris Johnson, Last Resort, Reloaded. Go check it out right now. Show some support. Do the thing. Jumping Jacks. That's the thing. Got to do some jumping jacks if you want to get into the jumping jack club. But if you don't, then you don't have to do that. So, I mean, you know, it, you really got to think about what your priorities are and where your sacrifices lie and how much cheese you want inside of that sandwich, sir. Because you're at Wendy's and I'm curious what your order is because you've just been sitting here listening to me talk. I, I don't know why. It's weird. Isn't this the weirdest drive-up window you've ever been to? Just like crazy. That's what podcasts are. They're just a drive-up window, except instead of placing an order, you got a guy that's just ranting, waiting for you to place your order, but he's just going to keep ranting until you do, and you never do, because you're just sitting there listening. It's weird. So they just keep on talking, and they do all kinds of stuff. They talk about music. They talk about murder mysteries, for all I know. You know, Joe Rogan talks about aliens and all kinds of stuff, but hey, we're all just really waiting for you to place your order. (laughs) Imagine. All right. Next up, we got Young Franco featuring Denzel Curry and Pell, Human Movement, a DJ, I assume, made a remix of it. And this sounds just super cool, and I really like it, so I want to show it off. Here you go. Here's a little clip. cool it's a it's just a vibe right there jamming out going nuts i've been liking a lot of the stuff that denzel curry's been on and been doing and uh young franco is apparently cool and so is pell those guys got flow that was super awesome human movement made a really cool uh remix of that too because i just really <laughs> i enjoyed that it was just fun it's like that it reminds me of like the uh like the thousands late 90s action movie thriller soundtracks like Gone in 60 Seconds and stuff like that with the uh, with the Matrix, all those like DJ-influenced, um, fast-paced songs with either like, you know, some like, take my bit, smack my... Yeah, you know, that's... So, I mean, you got guys just shouting phrases back then and now you got these guys just laying down some serious flow over that so it's even cooler and... uh yeah, I like that it has that vibe, but also with just more skill in the vocal category. So I really enjoy that for sure. 
Young Franco, Denzel Curry, Pell, Human Movement remix of Fallen Apart. Make sure you go check that out. Next up, we got Sam Gorski. A, uh, I believe he's a video game producer, and he's doing some solo stuff that is just, oh my goodness, unbelievable. This song I found, um, Death of the, of the Chosen Few, Sam Gorski, G-O-R-S-K-I, absolutely unbelievable. This dude's got a lot of talent. Um, he's got a video of him just playing the guitar, so I don't know who did the vocals and stuff like that, but uh, just the track in general, the production value is obviously huge because he, he's done scores for a few big games. I can't remember what they were. I wanna, I'm going to pull that up now just because I... I don't want to not say. Let's see. Sam Gorski. He's done. What games have you done, sir? Modern Warfare, Frozen Crossing. Yeah, he's a director and producer. Oh, okay. He's a film director. Okay. All right. Fair enough. He did Lifeline. Whatever. So, yeah. he. <laughs> Super interesting. <laughs> what a... What a... What a plethora of things this man does. But anyway, this song is amazing. Sam Gorski, Death of the Chosen Few. Make sure you check this out. Absolutely amazing. so sick i can't oh my god just the production value and the the uh composition on this is just next level i can't <laughs> i can't get over that oh man that was uh that's intense it just, just reminds me of dahlia and maybe a like black dahlia murder and um maybe a few other bands that's like mostly like because i thought that's who like when it came on i was like is did dahlia put out a new album that's not quite as heavy this is ridiculous and it like of course they didn't but uh you know oh i want i just want more dahlia all the time <laughs> oh verminous it's, it's it's very great i just like um verminous seems like it's bringing them like dahlia in a direction that i really just love so now it's just making me more excited for whatever they're going to put out next to like even more excited for that. Cause I just feel like they're like, okay, we understand what our fans want. We understand also in tandem what with like that, with what we want to do. Cause obviously, you know, I mean, artists will, they're going to just do what they want to do. And then if the fans don't like it, then they're going to try and do what the fans want to do. And then eventually they're going to find this balance of what they want 
that works with what the fans want. And I think Dahlia has just hit that stride now with Verminous, and I'm so stoked to hear whatever they're going to do in the future just after that. I mean, i so blown away. But anyway, Sam Gorski has nothing to do with Black Dahlia, to the best of my knowledge. But he's a film director, and he's putting out some just unbelievable metal. Death of the Chosen Few is unbelievable. Reminds me of Dahlia, so that's why I brought them up. But anyway, make sure you go check out Sam Gorski, Death of the Chosen Few. Next up, oh, I found a new Hiro the Hero song, and it's featuring David Draymond of Disturbed. It's just so good. It's so good. And the video is so good. I got the link in the description, so make sure you go check that out. It's so good. It doesn't... I don't get it. Why is it so good? Anyway, all right, so go check out Hiro the Hero, the song We Believe, featuring David Draymond. Here we go. this band as anybody who was watching this on youtube can tell i just love this song i'm just going in eight eight oh, oops gonna have to edit that out <laughs> going ape poop to that one <laughs> and it was uh that was just a good time you know and just to be clear to anybody who who now realizes that i don't swear in the podcast it's it's not it's solely because if i swear i have to check a box off that says there's explicit material in the podcast and then it'll limit who sees it i don't want that to happen i just want all the listeners so i'm just gonna not swear easy compromise to get more listeners i suppose but yeah sell my soul to the censorship gods the fda approves this message the PTA. Movie. <laughs> Movie. Yes, I know it's the FCC, okay? Relax. <laughs> making jokes, because that's what I do. I make jokes, and I share music, and then I talk about news, and hopefully I don't get serious while that's happening, because I don't want to do that, you know? But sometimes I have to. Sometimes you got to just give it to them. you got to give it to them good. But anyway, here we go. Dead Poet Society. Love you like that. This band is new. Definitely, they got under twenty thousand subscribers, so I mean they're they're emerging, and uh, this stuff sounds great. This is just awesome. New song, love you like that. Very good.
It's like highly suspect with a higher ranged vocals. Dead Poet Society. Super cool. Um, yeah, I really like that. Again, it reminds me of Highly Suspect quite a bit. I don't know if you've heard of Highly Suspect, but they're an incredible band uh, that you got to go check out right now if you haven't heard of them. But that very much reminds me of them, but they got their own style because the dude from Highly Suspect has a deeper voice than that guy. But I mean, they're both equally skilled. I'd say Highly Suspect has, you know, better writing skills, but I think they've been around a, a great deal longer. Um, so, you know, we'll see where Dead Poet Society goes because very cool band name, very cool song. Um, I really enjoyed that. So, yeah. Dead Poet Society, love you like that. Make sure you go check them out. Next up, we have uh, Lannon Tours from The Plot and You put out some uh, solo material featuring Rory Rodriguez of Dayseeker, and I thought the song was really good. I've I've not been like, I'm not always crazy about what Lannon's doing. A lot of the music he's put out I felt was either kind of just trying to push boundaries for the sake of pushing boundaries or kind of felt like a carbon copy of what somebody else was trying to do. Um, but this song, really cool. It seems like he's starting to hit his stride and really uh, move forward with who he is as an artist. Um, the plot in you was cool. I thought that first EP was cool. You know, everybody had the hype on it. It was great. And then I thought uh, they kind of lost me as they went on. Just I, I felt like it was either it was either shock value or it's like, I, I, know, he's, I know he's being honest and serious, but it's like there's some point where to me, the words can go to such an extent where it's like, okay, you, you've you've now stopped creating an environment and just gotten lost in your own emotions, and that's to me is like where I will get, like, okay, I'm I'm not really relating to this so much anymore because like when I'm writing, I specifically will, um, like analyze I, I analyze my lyrics a million times over before anybody ever sees them, and um. If I feel that I'm doing that in any way, I will completely rewrite the entire part because I just I need people to feel what I'm feeling in order for me to really get to where get to that level where I'm enjoying it extremely. Because it's like you get to you as a musician for decades when you start, you know, in the beginning, you're doing it to make yourself happy, and once you do that, you're like, yeah, and then eventually it it just becomes about okay, now now that's not enough. I want to make people happy. And so it's, um, you know, you can't really change yourself to, to tailor anybody's wants or needs, but you do want to take it into account. And um, I think Lennon Tour is really hitting his stride here, and this song's really great. It's called Kill Me, featuring Roy Rodriguez of Dayseeker. That's right. It's like a Cool song, cool video. 
Land of Tours is great. This song's good. Uh, Roy Rodriguez, though. I mean, uh, yeah, just absolutely amazing vocals. Day Seeker's an incredible band. Um, I've seen them a few times, and his vocals definitely hold up live. Um, they absolutely slay. So, yeah, Land of Tours, um, Kill Me. Make sure you go check that song out. Very cool. Next up. Uh, band I haven't heard of before. Um, looks like they are uh, very new. Night Fiends. Glass Prison is the name of the song. Band is called Night Fiends. Uh, really cool. So check this out. Yeah, they shred. Super interesting band. Super interesting take on the genre. I like that. I enjoy that. It's good fun. Night Fiends. Glass Prison. That's what it is. Real good stuff. I at first when I was listening to it, I was like, is this new is this new of mice and men? Because like the vocalist sounds like of mice and men, but the instrumentals are a lot heavier, so um Interesting, very interesting. Whole plethora of influences, I would say, involved in a band like that for sure. I like it. Indeed. Next up, Thrice, new acoustic track, Just Breathe. Thrice, if you haven't heard of Thrice, is an amazing band. They've influenced a whole lot of people, including uh, Coheed and Cambria. Likes Thrice a lot. They bring them around. Oh, no, I'm thinking of Three, I believe. I'm thinking of a different band. Um, I mixed them up with. But anyway, Thrice is uh, huge. They're great. They're awesome. And you should check them out. Just breathe. Acoustic. Check them out. It surrounds me. Something somewhere's always pulling me away. Stay deep in the moment. Just breathe. Feel the flow of all things in the moment sway why don't you stay there's always something somewhere it's breathing down my neck and I could run forever yeah, yeah, real beautiful. Thrice has got a lot of good stuff. They're kind of like a one of the slower bands that all the kids who like the heavy stuff respect because they just they make very quality, uh, good sounding melodic music and very good stuff. I really like the song Hurricane by them as well. Uh, they got a lot of really emotional, um, really heartfelt, great music. So. Make sure you check out Thrice. That song is called Just Breathe Acoustic. Next up, we got 
Left to Suffer. This band's been around. Uh, they're heavy as heck, and they do a lot of... I said heck, and like it just didn't feel right when I said it. I was like, mm. oh, goodness. And I said goodness, and then that also didn't feel right. Oh... One day, one day I'll be able to swear and then it won't matter who hears it. I don't know why. Well, maybe I should just not swear. That won't that won't be true. He's like, you don't want kids to swear because then they just use them incorrectly. But if we didn't make it a big deal, like if they didn't know that it was a problem for them to use those words, then they wouldn't feel a need to do it. You know what I mean? If it was like, if the F word was as, as common as the word apple, you don't see kids walking around like, apple, huh? I said apple, ha, ha, ha. You know, it'd be the same thing. It'd just be another word that they wouldn't say because they would never need to say it. But we got to make a big deal out of everything here in America. Let everybody know exactly what it is that they're not supposed to do so that anybody who's feeling like they want to break the rules at any given moment will be like, okay, well, I could do this, 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 or this. And, like, that just inevitably happens, especially with kids, every every time. So what are you going to do? But anyway, Left to Suffer, Anger, very good song. I like it. It's cool. Check it out. sick left to suffer anger they're angry they're very very angry apparently yeah this video is amazing uh it's produced by joshua travis who i believe is the guitarist of Amir right now uh, from tony danza tap dancing experiment i believe which was uh they're pretty insane um but yeah Amir's new music with joshua travis has just been unbelievable let me make sure i don't want to say that and be wrong Travis and your yeah, that's the guy. Yep, yeah. Oh yeah, Glass Cloud. Oh, that's right. Glass Cloud was awesome. Oh, that's right. I think um, Frankie from Amir kind of just adopted the guys from Glass Cloud into Amir. Glass Cloud, I always thought should have been bigger than they were. They were great. They were so awesome. Um, yeah, this is awesome. Then, <laughs> yeah, Tra- Joshua Travis is very talented. So. He absolutely crushed this production. Left to Suffer is a great band. They absolutely killed the writing on this this new song. I like it. I like it a lot. Next up, a uh, new band I haven't heard of called Wheel. W-H-E-E-L. The song's called Hyperion. Very cool. Very cool. Let's check this out. Peace 
very cool, kind of like a softer tool, um, almost, you know, with some uh, perfect circle kind of vibes too, but almost reminds me of Hawken to another band, H-A-K-E-N. Um, very cool, very cool. Wheel, make sure you go check them out. Wheel, W-H-E-E-L, songs called Hyperion. I think they're a new band, I believe, because they only got 3,000 subscribers, so, you know. What do you know? Who knows? Could be anybody. Could be Tom Cruise's band. Maybe. Maybe they're singing about Scientology, and I'm just like, yeah, this song's great. Scientology is the only way. Just kidding. <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> um, yes. Science fiction writers should not write religious text. Ever. Can we just, let's just, if you spend your time writing thousands or, yeah, thousands of nonsensical science fiction books. People shouldn't be compelled to follow you as a religious scholar when you are stating that aliens is the answer, and that's the only answer, and that's just the way that... <laughs> go go watch the Scientology documentary on Netflix if you're not sure what I'm talking about. It's very weird. Going clear. Yeah, anyway, very uh, crazy. How did I get on that? This is like one of the few times where I just cannot remember how I got on what I was talking about. <laughs> oh, I think I was just parodying their song, and I just said the word, and then I, wow. <sighs> this train flew so far off the tracks. Anyway, that's what I got for new stuff for you. I hope you enjoyed it. I do. Next up, I got the historical shout-out, of course. We got Otis Redding, one of my favorite singers ever, greatly influential on the singers of popular music in the 60s, considered one of the greatest singers in the history of American popular music, inspired heavily by the gospel himself, uh, like, you know, like Sam Cooke, who I've mentioned as well, also one of my favorite singers. Um, died in a plane crash in 1967, of course. Very sad, only one survivor. Um who actually just recently passed away, I think at about 67 years old. And uh, very, very sad. Um, Otis Redding has just got such an incredible, he had such an incredible voice. Um, he, and he died before he even turned 30. He's younger than me, which is uh, very weird to think about just because when I listen to his music, he sounds like such an old, wise soul, wise kindred soul. So uh, I'm going to play a little bit of my favorite song from Otis Redding called Fa 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 fa, sad song. It's one of my favorites ever.
Yeah, I adore this man. I just, I, uh, I wish I could meet you. So sad. Greatly influential on all those 60s people. He's one of the greatest singers in American popular music history. So make sure you go check out Otis Redding if you are not familiar. All right, next up we got news. The news. I mean, I'll keep it short and sweet and fun. This will be fun. David Bowie's former home sells for $6 million. I mean, but when you go into this article and you see this house, oh, man, it's a really nice place. So, yeah, they got the article in the description. Make sure you go check that out. It's really cool. Next up, the evolution of music and video games. I found this really cool article. It talks about um, the way that music has evolved with video um, in video games as time's gone on. And the point they're making is essentially games are to the 21st century what cinema, pop, and TV were to the 20th century. And, I mean, they're essentially right about that with the way that games are taking over. Uh, I believe that the gaming industry has made more money than movies, music, and um, like all of their entertainment combined this this year and like before, I think a few years pre-pandemic as well. It's, it's got to be the the competitive aspect. There's so many um, competitions out there. We were able to actually go and win like genuinely large um, cash prizes. So I think it's just made it such a such a epidemic of people playing video games. Which you know, to me, I've I've been playing video games since I could walk, or no, before I could walk, since I could literally lift something with my hands. <laughs> I had a Sega controller playing Sonic and. Uh, yeah, I just, um, they've always been the way that I can decompress from all the productive things I have to do. It's like, then I can, it's like, okay, because I, I have trouble, when I'm by myself, I have trouble relaxing for some reason, and I need something to stimulate myself unless I'm tired and can go to sleep. So, like, video games are just the perfect way for me to um, decompress my mind uh, without kind of getting lost when I'm by myself, for sure. And I think it probably is that same way for a lot of people. There was an excerpt of this I wanted to, re- um, to read because it was really cool. Let's see. Okay. Oh, okay. So talking about Legend of Zelda. Seen this way, Legend of Zelda with its futuristic melodies was a glimpse of freedom, far from the daily grind of long commuter routes and coldly lit supermarket aisles after work. Simultaneously, Japanese musicians were creating a new sound for hotel lobbies, public spaces, art galleries, and muji shops. Kenkyo Ongaku, which Lucy translates to environmental music, was influenced by the unobtrusive melodies in Eric Satie's Musique d'Amuble, interior music is what that means, as well as music for airports, Brian Eno's ambient manifesto. It was a pressing sonic answer to the country's rapid economic boom. Sound designers created ambient soundscapes to help reduce stress while people went for walks in the cities, in other words, through urban reality. This music aimed to relax with a series of new music technologies such as the electronic Lindrum, Roland's, okay. All right, so this is essentially how music evolved from so that's interesting so the sound that was used for like the original legend of zelda was coming from music that wasn't even really being directly developed for the game for what it sounds like oh no that's a different subject <laughs> all right 
Mean, meanwhile, soundtracks, sound effects far removed from the blocky, clumsy tones of Nintendo Entertainment System became more varied and encompassed genres such as a classical music, techno, jazz, and much more. When esports games like FIFA and open world games like Grand Theft Auto emerged, they implemented these changes right away. Hits by Billie Eilish, Childish Gambino, Peggy Goo, Koji Radical, and Hans Zimmer were licensed for the games, blurring the boundaries between the gaming world and the real world even further. So this is talking about uh, modern day soundtracks being licensed for video games soundtracks of video games like those of films became haunting and sophisticated and often offered powerful listening experience in of themselves in the early 2000s ambient video games that allowed forms of meditation and self-appreciation became increasingly popular elements like water earth and air influenced video game soundtracks to both animate and relax players in their exploration of virtual often mystical mystical and well-meaning friendly worlds later games such as the legend of zelda breath of the wild and animal crossing new horizons offered moments of catharsis apart from the fast pace that we associate with modernity the soft focus sounds which shift slowly and subtly are elementary just like the natural phenomena that emulate acoustically and can slow down the breath and the heartbeat that's so interesting <laughs> so it's like the um it's almost like audio therapy uh that they're using for some of the music in these new video games that could be i mean that could be potentially very beneficial i imagine how interesting is that? So yeah, that article is in my in the description. Go check that out. Really cool. Uh, next up, meet woman who believes she is engaged to Brett Michaels and is best friends with Nikki Six. Here's the catch, though: when you get into the article and you start reading, you realize she's never met them. All the communication takes place via text, and she's being entirely catfished. So like, her friend called into Blabbermouth. <laughs> Um, because she thinks she's being catfished and like her friend just won't believe her because she, she just wants to believe that she's engaged to Brett Michaels so badly. So it's pretty fun. I'm dry. Lubricate the throat with some water. Anyway. Yeah. So <laughs> that's interesting. If you want to see her picture and read more about that, <laughs> you know, I've been to that article. I mean, you know, it's kind of funny to just know that that happened, right? It's, Wow. Next up. <clears throat> it's not the vid, okay? I promise. Next up. Radiohead's Johnny Greenwood to score Princess Diana biopic starring Kristen Stewart. So we got a new Princess Diana movie coming out, and apparently it's going to have a really good soundtrack. So article if you'd like to learn more in the description. Next up. YouTube suspends Trump indefinitely and demonetizes Rudy Giuliani. I mean, when you lie enough, you probably shouldn't be allowed to put up videos where you're just continuing to lie further, especially when they're getting enough views to make you money. So, hallelujah. Anyway, moving on. Spotify dominates streaming in Mexico. This is super interesting. Um, so in Mexico, 80.7% of streaming is all Spotify. Google Play Music, YouTube Music with 5.1%, Apple Music with 45 and Amazon Prime Music with 2.8%. The remaining 69 is divided between other platforms. That's insane. 80.7% of music streaming in Mexico. That is absolutely ridiculous. I thought that was super interesting. Uh, next up, German music industry weeds out a, a company offering stream manipulation and... 
this article is really interesting because it also talks about how stream manipulation hurts other people. And what stream manipulation is, is when you use a third-party system to essentially boost your listeners and your buzz online with fake listeners. So, like, bots and, like, just um, fake accounts instead of, like, real fans, which obviously isn't doing you any good. Because, I mean, yeah, oh, people see that. Cool, but no one's listening to your music, which means nobody's buying your stuff, which means that you're just telling people that you're cool and popular and you're actually not. Because, like, being cool and popular is not the goal here. The goal here, for anybody who cares about having a career in music, is building a career in music. So, like, if, if it's not a popularity contest. It's a job. And if you love it enough that you want to eat so much, like me, like, I love it so much that I will do anything to do it every day. Guess what? The only way to make that happen is making money off it. It's not telling people that you're popular when you're really not. This is, it's just always, it's bothered me. Cause like for me, I would rather be fathom farewell with my 200, between 200 and 500 fluctuating monthly listeners. And you know, like about a hundred thousand streams across all the platforms entirely DIY. We've never paid any third party platform to push our stuff. I would rather be us than random local band with, half a million streams or a million and, you know, 30,000 monthly listeners and none of them are real and none of them are going to come out to a show to see you. Those people that are listening to us are people that when we go to their town are going to come and watch us play. They're not fake hacking computers or fake accounts. And it's just, it's nonsensical because it's just a bunch of Idiots with computers who were just like, ooh, you know what? We could make some money doing this. And then they were like, let's manipulate it. And this is why it's a problem. Let me talk about this. So where is, there's a little stanza here that talks about how it hurts everybody. Okay, here we go. So sometimes those services are used by people within the music industry simply looking to boost an artist's profile and make it look like there is more momentum around that artist than there really is. There are also um, other companies, smaller companies, that will market that service to local bands and get them a bunch of fake nonsense listeners for a price. And they're just literally, it's exploitation. Uh, however, because of the way streaming monies are shared out each month, such manipulation can also be used both within and from outside the music industry to fraudulently grab a portion of the monthly digital pie, taking royalties away from everyone else in the music community. That means that these people who are creating fake accounts and just boosting these listeners with computers and not with real listeners are making money royalties um, <clears throat> from a percentage of what would be going to people who are actually making the effort to get real fans. So if you start using stream manipulation and realize that they're not real listeners and they're from places that make no sense, stop. You're not just hurting yourself. Okay? Read this article. Familiarize yourself. Really important. I know a lot of people who use that kind of stuff and it's like, some of them are legitimate, but you need to make sure that they are. Because if you don't, you again, you do hurt yourself, but you don't just hurt yourself. Yeah! Moving on. 
Next up, there's an app called Next. This is pretty cool. Um, that's been updated with Throwback Thursday notifications for forgotten songs. So essentially, it uses like uh, based on the artists that you like and what you've listened to throughout your life, it will compile playlists um, based on songs that it thinks you may have forgotten from your childhood or like nostalgic times. Pretty interesting. So the app is called Next. I believe it's like four ninety nine a month or something like that. So the article's in the description if you want to check it out. <clears throat> oh, my throat gets so dry when I talk for a while. Oh, my God. Yes. This next one's pretty cool. Primary Wave um, buys Legendary Sun Records in $30 million deal, including masters for Johnny Cash and Jerry Lee Lewis. So that's a huge purchase. Huge transferring of a great deal of music history. So very interesting. Um, and my last article that I'm going to share, Why All American Music is Rooted in Afri- African American Expression and New Museum Shows. So we got a new museum that's popped up. Um, this is something that most people know. I mean, um, music, as, like popular, not all music, but music as we know it, popular music, whether it be rock and roll, hip hop, um, maybe not country, (laughs) but I mean, country stem from blues and bluegrass. Well, I mean, bluegrass, I think comes from country. I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure which one came first, the chicken or the egg, (laughs) the bluegrass of the country. But, um, regardless, country and bluegrass definitely come from blues or like, uh, blues, like, I mean, everything essentially kind of stemmed from the, the blues, jazz, those, those origins, like bred everything that is even mildly popular right now into, and everything sort of rolled out from there. I don't really know so much the history of country anywhere near as much as I do rock and roll or hip hop or pop or any other genre. (laughs) But, um, so I could be wrong about that specifically, um, uh, trying to th- it would be folk music that that would have originated from, which I don't think, f- I don't know, maybe folk is African American origins, maybe, but I haven't, I don't know for sure. Like I do with, you know, hip hop and rock and roll. So this is a really cool article though. It talks about a brand new, uh, museum that has been enacted in Nashville about the African American history, uh, and music. It's really cool. So, as more people are starting to learn about the history of African Americans, there's one component that's particularly integral to understanding the national culture, music. African American artists created and influenced genres from the blues, jazz, and hip-hop to rock and roll. Blues men, Muddy Waters, and B.B. King electrified that genre and galvanized rock guitarists and trumpeter and composer Louis Armstrong changed the jazz landscape, all building on traditions brought to American soil by enslaved people. Educating the world on the central role African Americans have played in creating the American soundtrack and preserving that legacy are the missions of the National Museum of African American Music, which debuted in Nashville on Martin Luther King Jr. Day on January 18th. The museum opens to the public on Saturday. Very cool. This looks like a really cool museum. I would love to see it. Um, Ooh, on display here are interactive exhibits as well as artifacts, including a Gibson guitar, Lucille, played by B.B. King. You know, you got to know who Lucille is. Yes, B.B. King named his guitar, of course. A Grammy won by jazz singer Ella Fitzgerald, a gold-plated trumpet owned by Armstrong, 
and a kimono worn by singer, songwriter, and pianist Alicia Keys. So this is really cool. Um, I want to check out this museum for sure. So yeah, it, they didn't mention country or folk though. So it's it's inter- it's interesting for them to say why all American music is rooted in African expression, African American expression, but they don't mention folk or country because obviously, like, ha- our country's somewhat divided because you know. Mm, not a lot of people like it's like there's there's rock and then there's hip hop and then there's country and then there's a mixture of those people that like electronic music now you can have people who like rock and hip hop you can have people who like rock and country you can have people who like hip hop and country but you never really have people who who like all three you never like have people who like hip hop rock and country really does not happen. So it's it's really it's interesting cuz they're not talking about any roots from African Americans in country music, but that's also a a very um prominent. You know what? I'm curious if it's I'm curious. It, it may very well be I, um, is country music rooted in African American tradition? All right. Historians acknowledge that country music is derived from a melting pot of cultures. Mountain or hillbilly music in particular combines the ballads and folk songs. Yeah, so folk. Brought to the South by immigrants from the British Isles in the 18th and 19th centuries and rhythmic influences of African immigrants. So white and black. So so country music is just a melting pot. That's interesting. But yeah, I mean, rock and hip-hop are pretty much, and even pop music are pretty much predominantly... Um, all coming from the African American culture, so they 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 did have a hand in country. <laughs> so I mean, yeah, that that is um, that's an accurate statement that all popular American music is rooted, at least in part, in African American expression. And I mean, country is the only one that it's in part. Everything else is entirely <laughs> very interesting, very cool. Um, Got to give the culture the credit that it deserves. You know, I think that if any if there are reparations to be made, you know, cause I mean, you know, you think about it, like I personally have never been racist. I've never done a racist thing in my life. My family has never been racist. We, we were Jews. <laughs> uh, my, my mom's family were uh, Irish and Italian. None of them, none of my family are rooted like, you know, deeply in America and, or England or, you know, where the racism was really taking place. So it's just, you know, people see me and I'm white, you know, and they're like, ah, (laughs) I don't feel bad for who I am, but I know who I am and I know I'm not in any way racist. So what I'm saying is that I don't feel that like I owe an apology to African-Americans because I've never done anything but be sweet and kind and nice to them like I would my own family. You know what I mean? It's just ridiculous that anybody would see the color of someone's skin and treat them differently. They're still blatantly a human being. They have a face. They have hands. They can shake your hand. They go to shake your hand because guess what? They're human beings that were raised in the same like courtesies that... I will never, I will never for the life of me ever understand how people could ever see the skin tone of somebody else's and just feel resentment. Like, why would you want everyone to look the same? 
What a nightmare. What a nightmare world that we would live in if every human being looked the same. And there are people who violently fight, like, want that. And there have always historically been that. And I think it's just because people are aggressive and they see someone different from them and they're like, oh, you're not on my team. But they are on your team. We're all a team. If it's living and it's in front of you or it's anywhere that you can see it or feel it or know that it's there, it's on your team. (laughs) We're taking care of this planet and each other and being happy because good energy does good things and bad energy does bad things. And I want to do good things. And if you don't want to do good things, then jump off a cliff, please. Not joking. Or, no, 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 no. Don't jump off a cliff. I am joking. What I'm not joking about, go to therapy. Go to therapy. And if after years of therapy, you seriously can't stop wanting to do terrible stuff, then yes, please rid us of your existence. But nobody who really looks into themselves and really takes the time to do the work in their head that they need to do to be okay is going to have that happen. So it's not going to be you, no matter how bad you are. You villain. You cretin. Anyway gonna wrap it up with some industry commentary yeah to anybody who has wasn't going to shows pre-covid you're not gonna know what i'm talking about um especially like heavy music shows there's just this division in the scene there's this terrible division in the scene that i've never understood and it's always been there the hardcore kids and the metal kids it's the dumbest thing in the world it's the dumbest thing i've ever heard in my life, if there's any sort of division between people who like different genres of music. It's just as obscene as thinking about people who don't like each other because of the color of their skin. It's just finding shallow, superficial, stupid things to be mad about and not like about somebody. And you say, oh, well, they like that kind of music. They must be like this. No, they mustn't. No, they mustn't. You could not be more wrong. everyone's different and everyone from every sort of walk of life can be found liking any number of things that you like no matter who you are there's so many combinations of people i shouldn't have to explain this regardless when shows come back i will accept none of this division i will accept none of it i will go to whatever shows i want to go to And I know all of the staff at all of the venues. And if you have a problem with it, you can take it up with me and them if you'd like. But I will do whatever I please. I I don't like this idea that I should stick to the shows that align with the genre that I like or whatever. I'll support whatever I want to and I'll go wherever I want to. (laughs) And I would really like to have a conversation with anybody who has an issue with that. I mean, if there's anybody who thinks that I have wronged them or I have, you know, I've been, I'm wrong here, and then I'm saying that, you know, people should hang out that shouldn't. You're wrong. Everyone should love each other, and everyone should be happy. And music is music, and genre doesn't matter, and everybody should be happy and be able to be friends with anybody that they want to be, and anybody should be able to go anywhere they want to without having to worry about getting their face wrecked by a crowd killer. Yeah, that's a thing that happens to hardcore shows, too, that I really just can't stand. You have people, usually Girls, 14 to 15, 16-year-old girls standing along the side of the crowd. And you have these grown men who feel that they need to flail their fists hard enough at the crowd to punch these girls in the face. I've seen these girls get thrown over tables or chairs. Yeah, that happens at these shows. Why does that happen? You know why that happens. Because the people who do it are pieces of S-H-I bleep. 
That's what they are, period. That's the only reason you're a delinquent, juvenile idiot who needs therapy. Go to therapy. Or try throwing me over a table. I'd like to see that. I would. I'm sorry to get so worked up, but I just, I cannot stand this. I've had hardcore kids because I'm not in a hardcore band and my band doesn't play hardcore music and we play bigger venues with people that come to the shows. We, we, we catch crap for that. We have people telling us that we sold out or we have shady backdoor deals. And it's like, I worked at a music venue for five years and I got to know everybody who worked there and they know everybody and they introduced me to more people and then I got to outspread my network. And I literally had to work for a decade for that. So when anybody tries to tell me that I made backdoor deals or I cheated my way to that, I, I want to sit down with you and explain to you every facet of what you don't know. <laughs> Because that'd be fun for me. And I'm down for adult civil conversation with anyone. But what I am not down for is the talking of the trash. Let's take it out. Because I'm done with it. I'm so done with it. I'm going to love the crap out of every one of you. I'm going to go to these shows. I'm literally going to, I'm just going to hug you. I'm going to hug everybody. I'm going to hug you. If you got a problem with that, I mean, I'm not going to force hugs on people. If you want a hug, you get a hug. You want some love, you get some love. I'll be happy and nice until someone's not happy and nice to me. Because like then, you know, we can have a conversation. Adults. But this line drawn in the sand between the genres, I'm going to wipe that. I'm going to wipe that off the map. It's going to be gone. So peace, love, harmony, it's going to be a good time. We're going to have a great time when these shows come back in the next few months. Touring, I think, is going to take until fall, but I think local shows are probably going to come back in the next few months with the vaccinations going around. That seems to be the prediction from the people that own venues right now. So um, buckle your seatbelt, friends. I love you all. I don't mean to get worked up and mad, but I just like to... When people like to get all stubborn, I'm just like, I'll be stubborn too then. You want to you wanna be a stump in the mud? I will literally be a boulder. That's what it is. And the fact is, I'm not going to lift my foot on this one. We're all going to be friends and get along, no matter what your genre is. And if you don't want to be friends and get along, you're going to end up being the outcast. And you're just going to sit in your room wondering why you're so angry. Because nobody's going to want to listen to your crap. I don't know. I've been mad too. I'm not perfect. I'm very far from perfect. <laughs> but I just want everybody to be happy. And I'm, I'm so, I just remember being so tired of this anxious feeling in my chest of wondering what group of people are going to be at shows that I have to work or be at or want to go to. No more. No more of that. I ain't going to play that game anymore. I'm just going to go where I want to and we can have a conversation. And whenever I get to somewhere in person, it's like people stop doing this angry thing they do with me on Facebook. People love to get mad at me on Facebook, and they never, ever, ever, ever do it in person. And I just, I would love to see it happen, because I'm mad too, man. And I don't say things on Facebook that I will not say to your face, ever. That's the thing that lots of people like to do. I learned very early in my life You don't say things you don't mean. And you don't say things anywhere that you wouldn't say to somebody's face. But I don't know why nobody else learned this lesson. Not nobody else, but you know, there's a lot of other people in the world that did not learn this. You don't say things to people you would not say to their face. Ever. Because one day you're going to get called on that. 
that person's going to be in your face and they're going to know that you said whatever you said and they're going to be like, hey, you want to say that again? And at that moment, you're going to realize that you should have learned that lesson a long time ago. I don't understand it. I just, I don't. The, the talking, the nonsense, it's talking. It's just nonsense. Your opinion doesn't matter. My opinion doesn't matter. It's so irrelevant. You know what matters? People being safe and happy and comfortable. That's all that matters. If your opinion isn't leading to that, it's wrong. Objectively. No problem. It's okay. Just change it. Figure it out. You know what I mean? <laughs> Ridiculous. Everybody... Yeah. I hope I didn't offend anybody. I'm not trying to be mad. I'm not an angry person. I'm happy. Unless you bring stuff up that makes me mad. Just like anyone else. It's just how people work. How people are. If anybody's listening to this who is abreast of the situation that I'm talking about and doesn't agree with me or does and wants to talk about it or whatever, just reach out to me. Just do it. Don't comment on my post, though. If you don't like me, don't comment on my Facebook posts. I will roast the living heck out of you. <laughs> I mean, like, people tend to learn really quick that I, I, I'm i a nice person, but there's some venom in my mouth, and it's ready to fall out whenever somebody is just out of line. So I don't have a problem roasting people when they hop on there and they just want to say whatever they feel like saying, so... It's fun. I don't know. I'm sure whoever's listening to this is probably friends with me on Facebook and sees the nonsense that I go through. Maybe sometimes, maybe not. But I mean, I feel like the more that people are aware of what I'm doing, the more I find people that also want to hate on it. And I, I don't have a problem with that. It's, it's honestly entertaining. When somebody tells me they like what I do, I love it. I love it so much. When somebody tells me they don't like what I do, I like to dig in to find what it is about what I do that they don't like so I can improve. So it's like, even if they're not trying to give me constructive criticism, I try to find it in there. It's interesting. And, um, but I always like to, I always love to hear feedback very much. So if you have anything that you want to suggest or add to what it is that I do on any facet, I'd love to hear about it. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much for listening. I love you. Have a great week.